welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. Chris, it's so good to see you this new year. I gotta ask, um, you don't have any glare in your glasses. Are these like, <laughs> are they real glasses? Is it just oh. for the look? Or do Man. you actually have lenses in those glasses? There's there's real lenses here. There's there's the lenses here, but you know, for Christmas this year, because I'm a grown man, I bought myself a brand new pair of glasses and put them under the Christmas tree and acted like Santa brought me something. So that you know, there's is, that. That is the disappointing thing about being old is yeah, how do you get right. gifts? I actually right. got a, a, some really good gifts this year. So um everyone Ooh. on my who was giving me gifts really knocked it out of the park. Um, my nephew gave me this gift. Where gave me a, a, a certificate to the Chiefs Hall of Fame fandom, and it was amazing. He Ooh. actually gave me a diploma with a certificate. He wow. he played pomp and circumstance. So as I graduated, got my diploma from the Chiefs Hall of Fame. So I guess now I can complain with authority because I actually have a I degree. Love this. Well, one, how do you get your nieces and nephews to give you presents? I'm on the other end of that. Like, I'm I'm giving them gifts. They're not giving me shenanigans. Like, I want, see, look at you, world's greatest uncle over there. Where's that mug? I, I tell you, yeah, I, I should. I'll bring it next time to, to show you. Uh, yeah, oh, my gosh. I am now officially a graduate there uh, at the Chiefs of Kingdom Hall of Fame. And Love that. Yeah, it's, I, I'll have my law degree. And right. I'll have my Chiefs fandom a degree. And so I, I, I don't know which one is actually more important. Okay. But think like legitimately, like how much thought did this kid put into that present to know you, to think of something fun like that, to put together a diploma, even if it's a rinky dink diploma, like this took thought, energy, effort, and love. And that is, gosh, that's the season. So what is the definition of a good gift? Because one time my brother got me a gift and I used to have a problem, uh -huh. Chris. I don't know if you will believe this or not, but I like to push it when it comes to Ooh. refilling your gas tank. I, I like to Ooh. go into those fumes. In fact, I recently was on a trip and I even texted my, my family saying, I can do it. There is 190 miles left in my tank and the um the Bucky's is 230 miles away. So that's 50 miles on empty. I think I can make it. You could do it. Chris, I would have made it, but for the fact that there was a road construction, I was shut down on the highway oh. for like an hour or 30 minutes and decided to go I put one gallon of gas in my tank to make it. So it's like it's like a NASCAR race. I put a splash of gas in so I could make it to Bucky's and refill. Because I like to push the the, the angle there, uh push the button. And so uh, my brother one time gave me a gas can for Christmas <laughs> because I had run I had run out of gas five times within the previous couple of years. And so was is that a good gift? It was thoughtful. Yes, absolutely. But then again, why would you keep a gallon of gas in a can in your car? You like that just that. that just yeah that just has the makings of like a bad bad thing like no. There you no. go, Chris. I forever, I thought that was a good gift. Now you're telling me, Joel, you never would have used it because right. you, you can use it once, but then you're not right. going to put a gas of a can of gas in your car that has a smell either. Right. So it's really or only the, good for one-time use. Right. Probability of explosion, gas fumes, what have you. Like, who knows when you're going to get rear-ended and the car is going to go up in flames. Like, you're that's just... thinking like a lawyer. That's just a horrible gift, man. But here's, the, here's why it was a good gift. I have not run out of gas since then. Oh, so it's a superstitious gift. It's the lucky charm. There it is. See, is that... I'm that guy. Yeah. So in, in my mind, now I go, okay, maybe I pushed it too far. But no, I, I still haven't learned my lesson. 
Bye. just a couple of weeks ago. I uh, but I actually did make it. So what does make a good gift? Uh, something that's Ooh. very memorable that you think about later on. Surely it's just not a price tag. No, it depends on who you talk to. Some people out there, it's the price tag. I you know I want something that like you thought about. My my wife got me a. Uh, I love cereal. I don't know if you know that about Chris Marone. I love cereal. I also love to sleep. So I'm, I am I don't get up early to go. Well, I get up early, but I'm usually on the go. Like I push it all the way right. to the limit to where I'm running out of the house. So she bought me a cup that it, it's one big cup and then a smaller cup in the middle. And you put the milk in the big cup and you put the cereal in the smaller cup. Nice. And when you drink it, it releases cereal and milk at the same time. So you don't need a spoon to eat your cereal. That's an incredibly thoughtful gift. Like she knows I love cereal and I could take it on the road when I'm driving into work and stuff. I think that's also a, another indication of a good gift. If you use it on a regular basis, Absolutely. And so you think about that person on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Both my boys have given me cups. One, a, a coffee mug, which I left in South Carolina on a recent trip. I'm going to pick that up here. It's at the hotel. I'm hoping it's still there. And oh. my other son got me a nice Chiefs mug. And so whenever I use those, I mm -hmm. think about, you know, my boys that they gave me that as a present. So yep. I don't know uh, what makes it. I hope you got some good gifts for Christmas this year or maybe in the years past. I know gag gifts. What, what are your thoughts on gag gifts? It depends on the person. I, I'm a... You and I are probably great with gag gifts. If someone gives um, this year for my office gift that I gave out, I gave out autographed pictures of myself to my staff. Okay. Right. Like as a, like as a joke, right? Like you're the best and like signed autographed pictures of myself. I gave out to the staff. My team thought it was hilarious. Right. Cause we're all <laughs> kind of tight knit and stuff, but I could see where that would like offend somebody being like, why, why would you give me that? Why would you do that? <laughs> That's okay. You're making fun of yourself. You're making light right. of yourself that way. Um, I maybe crossed the line. We did a, have you ever done these white elephant gift exchanges? Oh, yes, absolutely. And so it was, it was our office Christmas party. Okay. So everyone at the uh -huh. office was there, including the boss. And I decided to enter into the white elephant gift exchange, a book written by the boss. And so Ooh. here's the reason why that was a problem. There were probably a gazillion of those books around the office. No one wanted this book. That would be the one everyone would be avoiding. <laughs> They'd be passing it off because I don't want this as a gift. Oh, I got that one. What a bummer of a gift. And so but there in front of my ooh. boss, I introduced that concept of your book is, is the dreadful kryptonite of the office. No one wants to be near it. So probably not the best idea, but hey. I, I think that's a great idea. I that's a, we did a we did an ugly sweater party a couple of years ago, and I got my boss's picture put on one of the sweaters, and so I came into the ugly sweater party wearing a picture of my boss. There you go. See that's that's uh, were you at that job for long? Yeah, I was out there for almost eight years. Good. You, I, good I, to go. I, yeah, no, I left that job to come to this job. Okay. They were, I mean, people, you got to read the room, right? You got to read. Like if people are good, like one year I dressed up as my boss for Halloween because he's like, so I'm a big guy for those at home who just see me sitting here. I'm about six one. I'm about 300 pounds. My boss was six, eight and about 425. Wow. Okay. And so he towered. I'm usually he a big guy when I walk into room, he towered over me. So I, so one day I shaved, it was Halloween. I shaved my head completely bald because he was bald. He had a goatee and I coordinated with his wife 
So she laid out his outfit that day. So him and I wore the same outfit. And so he showed up to his morning meeting and I was sitting in his chair at the morning meeting dressed up like him. And he could not stop laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But you you got to read the room on that. Not everybody is going to be okay with that type of parody or that that white elephant gift or whatever. So you could you could have a a, a fun gag gift in bad form. There you go. That actually is hilarious. I'm I'm taking yeah. notes here. That I've got to oh, try that. Unfortunately, I, I work from home, so you know, can I really really look like my wife? I'm not sure that's actually a thing mm, I can pull off. That's a whole nother discussion we will need to have you, later. You're talking about reading the room. That would be not yeah. reading the room right there or the, the house. Hey, this also is the time of year, Chris, where we can review what took place the previous year. And so uh, it got me thinking down this train of thoughts. I want to bring you along with how I think sometimes, which might okay. be a scary proposition. But Donald Trump's criminal trials started this last year. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a huge deal. I mean, this next oh, year. And so I, I do this class in this series on trials of the centuries. Have you heard the phrase trials of the century? Well, we I have multiple centuries now, so we got to make a yeah. plural. And I'm thinking we should have a hall of fame for these various trials of the centuries. Oh, now, Chris, absolutely. let me just start here because they have a hall of fame for almost anything and everything imaginable. I mean, you name it. It has a Hall of Fame. And let me just give you as, as Exhibit A for this. Just right outside of my subdivision, there was there was a building there that was vacant for a while. And so someone bought this building out, and there on the, the outer marking of the sign went the words, Ag or Pharmaceutical Hall of Fame. Ooh. Chris, okay. who would go to a Pharmaceutical Hall of Fame? Viagra. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. What? I thought, are you kidding me? A pharmaceutical Hall of Fame. First of all, I thought it's kind of cool, a Hall of Fame right by my neighborhood. But then secondly, go. <laughs> no one's going to go to a pharmaceutical Hall of Fame. The, the end of that story, if, you, if you're curious, it, it is now a car dealership. So that pharmaceutical <laughs> Hall of Fame did not last long. But still, everything and anyone can get their own Hall of Fame. Chris, okay. why don't we have a Trials of the Centuries Hall of Fame? Initial thoughts? Uh, financial backing. Okay. Most of the trials, mo most of the trials of the century, the the subject of that is in jail. <laughs> okay, so you're so, saying would there actually be interest to attend this Hall of Fame? I get that. I think so. But but let's go to Walt Disney. Walt Disney knows something, doesn't he, about attendance? What people like? Yeah, that's true. They have a Hall of Presidents that people right. talk about. It's time right. to get rid of the Hall of Presidents. Let's replace Ooh. it with a Trials of the Centuries Hall of Fame. I think Disney Ooh. could do wonders with this concept. Uh, Disney could do wonders with a lot of concepts, so I think they could run with it. They got the land. They got the manpower. They got the financial backing. Yeah. like, I, you, But it would need to be – I almost think like Trials of the Centuries Hall of Fame – is something you do on like an obscure car or road trip across America. Like you see the Noah's Ark in Kentucky and you go to the world's greatest ball of string in like Indiana. And then you hit like Mount Rushmore. And then it's like along historic route 66. You start, you stop at the uh, trials of the centuries, hall of fame, stuff like that. 
my first thought was a law school would be an ideal spot for or bar yeah, association, but then no one's going to actually attend it, right? I mean, that's yeah. a logical place, but no one is going to go there. Have you tried to go to right. a college campus? It's a nightmare. It's not yeah. easy for traffic. No one would go there. So scratch that idea. Uh, same with a bar association. They're usually downtown in a city, not going to be really yep. easy to get to. So we need to do some thinking about where this could be located. Right. I went to Ford's Theater there in Washington, D.C., which is on 10th Street, which is where obviously yeah. Lincoln was assassinated. And and there was a huge line to get in there to see it. And then we went across the, the, the road, I think called the Piedmont House, uh, where he actually died. Again, yeah. a lot of people running through that uh, house to see where Lincoln had uh -huh. died. I think this, if this were like in DC, it oh, would yeah. be well attended. Right. Cause it could be walkable somewhere in between like the spy versus spy museum and the museum of like newspaper print. You just throw in the trials of the centuries. Yes. Fame. It'd be perfect. It'd be right there on constitution. It'd be great. I'm telling you this, this has some legs. And so right. I, it got me thinking then is secondly, um, well, so what would be a criteria for admittance into the Hall of Fame. Like, Ooh. we're gonna talk a lot about sports. We do talk about sports. We know, should this member, this person be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah. Well, what should be the criteria? How many passing yards? How many Pro Bowls? How many MVPs? How many Super Bowl titles right. does this person have? Well, for this, we gotta discuss what would be the criteria, because let's, let me give you one that would be, I think, a first ballot Hall of Fame trial of the century. Okay, and uh, this is arguable, so you can you can okay, feel free to uh, be wrong here. Uh, but if Jeffrey Epstein had not been well, had not killed himself, because we all know that's what he did. Um, if, if that actually went to trial, and oh, you had absolutely. a little black book of information being leaked as Exhibit A, yeah, that's first ballot Hall of Famer. Can you imagine the Jeffrey Epstein? Right. Did you follow that in the news this last week? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, that's what we've been waiting on for a long time. A lot of us have been like, we want the list. We want the list. And then we got the list and we're like, this isn't the list we wanted. We, <laughs> what was on right? the list? I don't, what what dude, a big Dave, nothing burger. Absolutely. Like, okay, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, all guys that we knew were going to be on the list. Like, right. this this wasn't a question. Nobody, nobody was like, I don't think Bill Clinton's going to be on that list. He's an upstanding gentleman. No. We knew Clinton, we knew Trump, we knew Prince Andrew. That's a given. The names on the list that really shocked me were Alan Dershowitz, who's a who's a lawyer and he's a politico, and he represented Jeffrey Epstein in 2006, so it made sense that he's on the list, but still. Hold on, uh, hold on. He represented Jeffrey Epstein? 2006, yeah. Okay, so we're going to get to this here in a little bit about how much of a yeah. nothing burger this list was, but, but go on. Yeah. Um, David Copperfield. Now, I know that we have a large demographic of younger listeners, and big shout out to you guys. Uh, David Copperfield was a magician. And he was in the 80s and 90s, and he used to make like elephants disappear. He would do optical illusions on like TV shows. Now, kids' TV shows are pre Netflix, these are shows that appeared on the TV. And we had TV um, guides. Yeah. Oh, the TV guide. But. Yeah, David Copperfield was a frequent flyer with the Epstein Airlines, according to the, the list. And what I found was interesting was um, David Copperfield, obscure. He did like a 12-year stint in Vegas or something like that, 12, 15-year stint in Vegas. But once I saw that he was on this list, so I just Googled David Copperfield, like what, he's, what has he been up to? He's 
been charged like eight or nine times with sexual assault since the 80s really like he used to host or he used to be a judge at beauty pageants across this great land of america and he got hit with like four or five sexual assault cases sexual harassment cases from contestants at this beauty show or contest so here's the thing about the list then so there's people whose names are on there who is on your mind you're making the connection saying, okay, that's not a stretch. I, I saw that one coming. Look right. at all of the, the charges. But you're telling me this list really is nothing more than a contact list. Because there there were several yeah. females on this list, right? Oh, yeah. A bunch of females left, like uh, Cameron Diaz and Naomi Campbell and Kate Blanchett. Um, so really, this is up. just like going through yours or my phone the contact list right. who's on my contact list and that's the list that was leaked so the right. fact that oh. alan dershowitz was his lawyer well you would expect yeah. his name was there anything more right. about this list that said oh and these are the people that went to sex island no because it was just the list and so a bunch of new york city detectives that investigated jeffrey epstein are on the list uh some reporters all the people like epstein's limo driver his butler like people that you would assume, right? If you're his Mom. butler, you're going to be on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the The one name out of all the names that shocked me the most was Stephen Hawking's. That's on his list. And for those at home, Stephen Hawking's is a, and was he passed away recently, maybe two, three years ago. Incredible scientist, absolutely incredible scientist. But he was also confined to a wheelchair and had no movement below his neck. So now, I it. it be careful like, I don't what you say think, here. You, you right, can't even win right, with this conversation. Right. It's it's hard because th that's not it, my own implicit bias, right? My own bias. I don't I, I didn't think that Stephen Hawking would fit the mold of somebody who'd be hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein seemed like a person that would use other individuals to raise his social status. So I don't know how. In Stephen other words, Hawking's fit into that. Hawking's is so intelligent. He surely he right. should have seen the danger right of being associated him. with someone right. like Jeffrey Epstein because of his brilliant mind. Yeah, I see that's where you're going with that. So right. good call. Uh, I appreciate so, that. Yeah. So yeah, this list is is if it's all it is is someone's contact list. Man, is this going to be juicy for speculation for rumor? Oh, but the, the reality that's is. The whole point. It's nothing. I mean, if if you bumped into him at dinner and you said, "Hey, I want to sell you a house," he goes, yeah, would you be my real estate agent? You would. He would put your name in his contact list. Uh, right. Now, so luckily, I've never sold a house for him. I don't sell houses, so <laughs> our names did not appear on that list. Right. But it seems like this list is going to be great for salaciousness. So, more to my point, uh, if he had not been offed and he he'd actually went to trial. Oh, yeah. Clearly, Chris, that would have been one of the trials of the centuries. I mean, just the Absolutely. salaciousness of that trial. Courtroom TV would have eaten that one up. Well, and he would have been able to explain, right? We just have a list of names, right? Hey, hey, here you go. Here's all the names. I got yes. all these people that were on my island. But you got Epstein going, see, Steve, see this person liked X, Y, and Z. Yes. This person liked, you know, liked females between the ages of 9 and 11. Like you would be able to get that that meat, and that's that's why they killed him. Um, was he would he would dish on a lot of that meat, right? Because Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever. Like Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Al Gore's name was on the list too. Like you don't. 
America could not weather a scandal like that at that level. If it came out that Bill Clinton and Donald Trump had both engaged in pedophilia on Epstein's dime, I I don't I don't know where we would go as a country. <laughs> Let let's hope right. that Donald they Trump's poll they numbers didn't. would dip a bit. We know that oh. it would not dip that much, but it would dip a bit if that came out. You know what? Let's and hope. It it bothered me because before the list was released, everybody and everybody knew that Donald Trump was going to be on that list and Bill Clinton was going to be on that list. We knew this. Like it's not it wasn't a mystery. But the absolute punditry of it, where it was, well, we know Bill Clinton's going to be on this list, but if Donald Trump's on this list, it's fake. Or we know Donald Trump's going to be on the list, but if Bill Clinton's on the list, now they're just trying to sensationalize the list. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, theys, thems, all of it. We knew these two were going to be on the list. It does not call it... I am getting very, very annoyed with the idea that we're calling into the legitimacy of something because you don't like the result. That, that's that's very typical. It is. And it's getting to the point where there are hundreds of thousands of pictures of Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell together. I know. it's Hundreds as, of thousands. It's almost as if some idea comes out of, of D.C. It's like, oh. Am I am I for that idea or am I opposed to that idea? Well, who is behind the idea? And they'll answer that question. Not like, exactly. is the idea good or bad? Tell me who no. supports it so I can know how I should respond right. to whatever this idea is. So, um, Man, you see it every day on the Hill. There, who who recent? I think it was Rand Paul and was it AOC? They introduced a joint, one in the Senate and one in the House about banning stock trading amongst Congress members. And it's like, these are two very politically polar opposite right. individuals on the spectrum. And they're both like, yeah, if you're an elected official, you shouldn't be able to trade on the stock market because you have access to all sorts of insider information. And people are like, but pundits on both sides, Rand Paul is trying to control the economy. Mr. Free market economy is trying to control the economy. And then on the, on the right, they're like AOC once again, trying to limit people's aid. And I'm like, no, this is a good idea. This is a really good idea. Here's a shocker for everyone out there. Not all of Donald Trump's ideas and not all of AOC's ideas are utterly stupid. The, the, right. law, the law of averages that both those individuals will <laughs> accidentally come up with a good idea a time or two. So stop rejecting ideas simply based on who gave them. But it is kind right. of funny to see some political party today totally oppose an idea as, as horrendous, as racist, as, as xenophobic or what whatever then you realize you know someone from your party came up with that idea eight years ago and so it, it's weird how things quickly things right. change so back to our weird. trials of the centuries back, hall yeah. of fame chris right. we need, need to come up with criteria for a worthy admittance into the trials of the centuries hall of fame so i'm gonna throw out a couple ideas to get you thinking along these lines and we'll have to come back to this concept later because maybe you need to hear some of these nominees if you will first before you come up with some some ideas but first of all right. my first criteria and by the way these are not going to be ironclad must-haves just right, like in right. the nfl it's like yeah right. two mvps sure but that's that's just a thought if you had two mvps right. you're going to be in there if someone has one mvp but five super bowls then that you know you're going to weigh right. them and compare them but you know my, what my favorite example of this is what is is in baseball and i'm a baseball guy you know this um, 
Nolan Ryan is a Hall of Fame pitcher. I, I think everybody can agree Nolan Ryan's a Hall of Fame pitcher. And that Roger Clemens is also a Hall of Fame pitcher. Yes. Nolan Ryan, and if you if you objectively look at it, if you say a Cy Young Award, which is the greatest pitching award you can get, it means you're the number one pitcher in the league, should should option you to get into the Hall of Fame. That should be a criteria, right? You have to win a Cy Young to get into the Hall of Fame. Nolan Ryan has zero Cy Young Awards. That is fascinating. Zero. Right? He has seven no-nos. So for those at home, a no-no is a no-hitter, no man on base, the whole nine yards. He has seven no-no games in his career. Roger Clemens has zero no-no games and seven Cy Young Awards. That is a great example. Yeah. So you got to have subjective criteria when you're looking at what the Hall of Fame should should induct as a as a member. Right. There. A great example there. I did not realize yeah. that Roger Clemens had a zero. Now he did have a perfect game though, I believe. No, 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 no he didn't. That was um, the nope. twenty strikeout game. I'm thinking of. You're yeah, right. he had a 20 strikeout. He had never, he has never thrown a no-no. He's wow. never thrown a perfect game. Not once. There you go. Nolan Ryan has thrown seven on three different teams. Okay, so uh, very, very good uh, illustration. So my first yeah, criteria is going to be uh, it involved celebrities. So it, it, big Ooh. time celebrities. If, if a trial involves, let's just say, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow and Mira, okay. right? Okay. That's going to be it's, it's a criteria. The, the public is going to pay attention to it. It's going right. to be possibly a nominee for a trial of the century hall of fame. I could, I could see that. I want to get more into the criteria because I think there's, there's a couple of different areas that I think like impact on the nation might be another good trial of the century, like Brown versus board of education. Well, right? also the yeah. trial would have sucked, but it's the appeal that changed the entire world. I, that's my second criteria. Uh, yeah. Did it leave a lasting mark on right. the legal landscape? So if it actually yes. impacted how our law is done, like Marbury v. Madison generally Obviously. would be a very boring, nondescript case, but since it boring radically trial. changed our the way we view law, and by mm -hmm. the way, I think improperly, I, I think it basically yeah, was, it was we have that argument. But yeah. that being said, it, there's no doubt it did leave a lasting mark on our legal landscape. And so that's also going to be, that'll be my, our second criteria. Yeah. yeah, Well, because the trial didn't do anything. The trial is kind of in like non sequitur, right? Like, I mean, Marbury versus Madison Brown versus board of education, plus EV Ferguson or Miranda versus Arizona. None of these trials per se are worth even reading the transcripts on. It's the lasting effect at the Supreme court level that really really had an effect on the nation whereas like the the oj trial or the the depp heard trial or murdoch right or even some of this donald trump stuff that we're going to have coming up that trial is going to be very interesting and the appeal is going to be very boring a lot of the the trials were boring but the appeal is going to be insane Fascinating. That is a really good insight. And so uh, that leads me to a, a brand new criteria, which I had not considered before, but Ooh. you just brought it up, which is, did it involve real drama? Dra I mean, right. did, did it, it, it was a courtroom drama where everyone was following it and, and paying right. attention to it, which actually did, does lead me into my, now it would be my, my third or fourth criteria. I'm already kind of mm -hmm. lost track here. But was it closely watched at the time? 
Uh, yeah. Did it capture the public's attention in real time? Because, uh, like, I'm thinking of the Charles Lindbergh trial or the O.J. Right. Simpson trial. Mm -hmm. These are trials that the just capturing the public's attention in the entire nation. It was in the headlines every day. Right. The, the nation was following it. And so that would be my now fourth criteria. So we have, uh, did it involve big-time players and celebrities? Did it leave a lasting mark on the legal landscape? Right. Did it capture the public's attention in real time? And did it involve some kind of unique courtroom drama? Right. Well, and I think publicity of it changes over time, right? The trial of Jesus, let's say the first big trial, right? The trial of Jesus, since we just right. came out of Christmas. I mean, that was that was pretty centered around a, a select group of people. Not not widely known probably not worldwide headlines because well we didn't have worldwide headlines back then but still a, a trial or if you look at like um what like the nuremberg trials right, right. whereas that's going to be you know that's going to be a huge public worldwide phenomenon the nuremberg trials because of 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 what the center point was but like the scopes monkey trial you know i don't know i that may be a a trial of the century because it, it, it took on so many ideals, but it really wasn't like, it wasn't at the time. It wasn't very like popular. Like it, it wasn't this big courtroom drama that inherit the wind made it out to be. No, but it, so, it, 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 it's, it's on my list of possible nominees. And oh, the possible, why I like sure. the scopes monkey trial is because it was the first trial that was ever broadcasted. And so WGN yeah. came in and there was all telegrams laid out. You had two big heavyweights of the day. You had uh, Clarence Darrow, who was the Johnny Cochran of his day, going Man, up yeah. against William Jennings Bryan, Bryant. who was a three-time Democratic nominee to the president of the presidency of the United States. You might be thinking, I don't really remember a president, William Jennings Bryan because he was a three-time loser at, for the yep. presidency of the United States. Why the Democrats kept appointing him, I don't know. It's also interesting. If you want to study... Hillary Clinton. <laughs> if you All wanna, I'm saying, man. If you want to study political parties, it is interesting. William Jennings Bryan today, it sure sounds like he would have been a Republican, just based Absolutely. upon the different ideas Absolutely. that he had He was a preacher. Then. Yeah, he was a very fundamentalist Christian. Like, he believed that Bible should be taught in school. That was part of the Scopes Monkey Trial, right? Was the, the teaching of evolution versus the teaching of creationism. And he argued that creationism is a perfect science. Uh, no. That's one of the misconceptions <laughs> of William James Bryant. He <laughs> I argued that teaching... Push that button. He argued that teaching... Um, science teaching technology absent moral values is very problematic in, in our in our world and so you, you, mm -hmm. his closing argument which he was never allowed to give he then wrote down and got it printed during that last week right after the trial uh he, he went down to georgia to get this uh closing argument copied it basically talked about how yeah look look what has science gotten us science has taught it used to be that man was content with slaughtering our fellow man on one level playing field but now science has taught us to go way down deep from the seas and shoot up from the uh, from the seas to go up into the sky and shoot down from above to kill people from all different angles so isn't science a great thing because no, you got to teach science in connection with morality. That was his main point, but that's I, I digress. He was not allowed to give that closing argument I because I love the this judge. Bu <laughs> I love this button. I love hitting that button.
That's right. No, and you're and you're absolutely right. It was it was the discussion of morality and who gets to choose what morality is. And at a time, Scopes Monkey Trial morality was based around local churches and preachers. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't that we need to teach Christianity in science classrooms. It was the the masses of the time and where the where the the case took place. Christianity was the dominant form of religious practice. Well, I got a list here of various um, trials. I want to just throw by. Now, yeah. we're not going to go in depth in them. Just should they be a nominee? We're not going to do our induction mm-hmm. ceremony just yet. Oh, we should, should do tuxedos. <laughs> yeah. Full on. Like green jackets or something. Uh, that's actually not a bad idea, to tell you the truth. We it's might not. do that. Uh, we, dude, we have the Final Four coming up in March, man. Like, you're going to be out here for this, so... Wow, that is a really actually a good idea. Let's, we do an let's, award let's show. Think about that one. So yeah. the um, uh, you mentioned the Scopes Monkey Trial. One of the other criteria might be: Did Hollywood make a movie of it? Because if Hollywood somehow you know made a movie, okay. that just kind of broadens the scope and impact of the trial. But Chris, here's where I want to be careful. Sometimes the Hollywood depiction isn't really based in reality and so i'm it, shocked hold on wait moment to hollywood pick yourself up lies off the floor yes so here with with the scopes a monkey trial uh if you if you saw inherit the wind mm-hmm. it's basically almost nothing like what no. actually happened in real life so in real no. if you watch the movie uh they actually had john t scopes in jail the entire time he was arrested handcuffed thrown in jail oh, yeah. during the entire pendency of this trial oh yeah fake oh, yeah. fake and fake what was the the other one um the movie's called gideon's gold and it's um gosh what it's wainwright what's the case wait what oh it had to do with pat downs it was the you know it's a gideon yeah a gideon stuff right i get i can't think of the, the case name right now but gideon they had peter Wainwright. it does sound familiar yeah but they had peter fonda playing gideon okay in this movie and he's just like peter fonda's like this you know fatherly kind of really like chill sort of soft spirit gentle touch sort of guy dude gideon was a career criminal that beat raped and killed women okay like don't give me this peter fonda like we should all just have our rights protected and loved and the police were just so out of pocket in the way that they no dude you resisted arrest and you beat up cops and yeah they they didn't give you the correct fourth amendment like odd admonitions but you're not a good guy that yeah, is you're a not problem when hollywood takes a look at something and they they, they make some movie people yeah, yeah. tend to remember the movie and not actually Absolutely. the real facts yeah and so should that be a factor in the a criteria to be admitted into our hall of fame well absolutely it, it is difficult to analyze because did it do it correctly but it, it is going to frame how the public perceives that issue and that case yeah, yeah. well and like what was it the the oj simpson movie where gosh what was his name john travolta played yes whatever shapiro was it shapiro did he play i don't remember he played one of the lawyers right and and the guy from friends was kardashian and stuff right. like that come on like c- c- come on we're not holly hollywood does their job they create a narrative to allow people to be entertained by things that are based in truth and you know what the worst one is for me joel and this is my soapbox i'm getting on now remember the titans remember the titans one of the greatest football movies of all time arguably one of the greatest disney movies of all time arguably 
based on a lie. Interesting. On a lie, Joel. They they lied to me. Like, yes, did did TC Williams High, which is what Remember the Titans is based on, did were they forced integrated to force integrate their their football team? Yes, they were. So was every other high school in the district that they played. Every high school that they played had this same race integration issue. The Titans were no better. And Coach Boone, played by Denzel Washington, and Coach Yost, played by Bill Paxson, I think? Bill, whatever. Okay. They hated each other. They hated each other. They hated each other. They were not friends. They were not lifelong friends. They hated each other the entire time. Disney lied. Disney lied to me, and I, it ruined my Remember the Titans, and now I uh, ruined it for everyone else. Wow. So, what other movies have been ruined when it comes Ooh. to the area of law? Now, let's go over the first Ooh. case I want to throw out there. Again, we're going to discuss these as, as, as gonna, nominees, oh yeah. but some nominees. of these I think are going to be first ballot worthy. Like the, when the Baseball Hall of Fame came out, there were like four or five members that were first ballot Hall of Famers. They're introductory members. A Ty Cobb right. was in there. Babe Ruth oh yeah. was Babe in Ruth. there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the amazing, of almost the, the uh, Jackie Mount Robinson. Rushmore, uh, well, yeah. I think he was actually before or after the right. Hall of Fame was admitted or invented. Uh, but yeah, the, the Jackie Robinson would be an example of a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think it, it lines up with those kind of uh, quality candidates you would have people v. O.J. Simpson. Now, this uh, this is not the yeah. first a trial of the century, but you want to talk about dominating the public landscape for so such a long period of time. Still, I mean, people were engrossed. Still, we still talk about it. Yes. The the gosh, you know what? So Russell Wilson being benched this week in Denver brought back a whole new round of OJ Simpson memes where it's where it is Russell Wilson in the white Bronco driving away. <laughs> right? Like it is I like the OJ Simpson and the circus that surrounded it, not just yes. the trial, right? The Bronco, all that stuff, all the circus that surrounded it, that is ingrained in our society. We we most people can relate back to that time that at least our age, right? Kids that were born after the Simpson trial. I was in sixth grade when the trial uh, was going on, but like that's an integral part of American society. Does it meet our criteria? Well, clearly it involved the biggest of the biggest when it comes to players. I mean, OJ Simpson was a national mm -hmm. celebrity, appeared on Naked Gun. He was a yeah. Hall of Famer in football, you know, Heisman yeah. Trophy winner, uh, yep. Hollywood celebrity now, spokesperson for Hearst Rental Car. Uh, and so clearly it's going to involve the big time players. Also, courtroom drama. Can you get better than have them try on the glove and see if it oh fits. Oh my gosh. Great. Man, it was drama. such a circus, such a circus. <laughs> that moment is still talked about today as being legendary right. into the courtroom. So it has it had courtroom oh, yeah. drama. It clearly was talked about. Did it leave a lasting mark on the legal landscape? Well, Chris, I'm going to suggest it mm. did because of the use of DNA evidence. This is kind of the okay. pivotal time where DNA evidence was going to be used in the courtroom to convict people. And there were some mistakes that the prosecution made and how it collected the DNA. And that Very was exposed. Time. And today, Chris, yep. we have come so far with DNA evidence. It's kind of hard for us to even understand trials pre-DNA. Because in your mind, you're just oh, saying, yeah. well, was the DNA show? So now we accept it as standard before this case, we didn't necessarily do so. So I think this case la left a lasting mark 
on our legal landscape. Absolutely. I think, well, for a lot of reasons too, right? Trial strategy, showmanship, Johnny Cochran played that courtroom like yes. nobody's business. So I think it showed a lot of people the power of the argument. A lot of people who may not have seen it before, but the power of showmanship and the argument in litigation. And so you see like an uptick in these wannabe celebrity litigators that are going for the grandeur because of Johnny Cochran's success. Yes. So it had a last, I think it had a lasting impact on the litigation bar. I think it had a lasting impact on DNA prosecutorial evidence. I think it also really brought prosecutors back to this idea that they could be beat. And they and they can they can they could take a huge L. I mean, if you look at the evidence that was levied against O.J. Simpson, Simpson, if it had not been a spectacle, he would have gone to jail for life. I, I agree. But be, because it became a spectacle and it became a show and it became all and then all the other factors laid into it, O.J. Simpson, guilty or not, I, I don't want to I don't want to litigate on whether or not he was guilty or not. But the evidence pointed towards guilt. Because I've seen guys convicted for a lot, a lot more on a lot less. Right, right. And so I think the same pops off for a couple other large cases. I don't know if we're going to get to, but the showmanship of it really, really, I think, turned the tides on a pretty standard to weak case. I read an account by F. Lee Bailey where he described Ooh, the decision to have O.J. try on the glove. That was a very unique situation because the, the defense really wanted O.J. to try on the glove because they right. Ben Shapiro had actually had stayed around the courtroom one day after lunch, and he was just in the courtroom by himself, and there was the glove sitting at the table. So he goes over Chain to the evidence. glove Whatever. and he tries on the glove and Ben Shapiro realized Ben Shapiro, Robert Shapiro, Robert realized, Shapiro. I was like, he, <laughs> yeah, whoops. Ben Shapiro might've, he wasn't even alive back then. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Robert Shapiro could not even put his hand in that glove. And he realized if I am struggling, OJ's hand is much bigger than mine. And so they made yep. that decision. We, we want OJ to try on the glove. How do we do it? If we do it, it's going to look like a stunt. We have to go to the prosecution into doing it to have the maximum they effect. Did. So OJ was coached on what to do. He was you can see his acting skills come out when he tried oh, on the absolutely. glove. Absolutely. It, in fact, if you watch that video closely, which I play for my class, just look at OJ's face and his mouth. He is doing his best to hold back his smirk because he knows oh. this is the moment and he is killing it. And so oh, yeah. people be OJ Simpson, probably gonna be a first ballot member here to the Trials yeah. of the Centuries Hall of Fame. What about the Lincoln conspiracy trials. I think it's a lesser known trial. Cause I don't know if people realize what the Lincoln conspiracy trials. I mean, one, what a farce they were, yes. right? What an absolute witch hunt. They were trying to convict anybody and everybody they could, that could somehow be connected to the murder of the president. And I get it right. This is presidential assassination. It end of the civil war. There's a lot of strife going on. Uh, you know, Seeks a parabellum like the whole nine yards, but man, was this oh, Chris, it one was of bad. the it was like bad. absolute suspension of all things that we consider sacred under the Constitution for our rights. So, so much so that when when um, John Wilkes Booth was captured and killed there yeah. at, at the was it the Garrett farmhouse, uh, yep. he had on his possession 
a diary that he kept detailed because he wrote down everything that he everything. did. We talked to the entire conspiracy was laid out. I am sure in this diary, Chris, it was never turned over to the, to the other side. No Brady Man. violations I mean, all day long. Yeah. This would be great evidence as to who he talked to when he talked to them. Uh, but yet the Lincoln conspiracy trials were about the, this conspiracy to assassinate not the president of the United States, the entire heads of the government of the Union All Army. Of them. You had the president, the vice president, the secretary of state, and then even um, Ulysses as Grant as well. They had plans yeah. to assassinate all of these individuals. All of them failed, except for the John Wilkes Booth. Yep. He's the only one fully committed to it. Also, Chris, this wasn't the only conspiracy. About a month before this, there was a detailed conspiracy to kidnap the president when he was en route. And there was even some suggestion that the Confederate Army lined up there on the path between D.C. and Richmond to facilitate. So now was, you know, Jefferson Davis behind this conspiracy to right. kidnap the president? And there the thought was if we kidnap the president, maybe we can trade him in. So were some people in favor of that first conspiracy to kidnap and not necessarily what John Wilkes Booth actually ended up doing with assassinating right. the president? All fascinating issues here with and this conspiracy trial. I think there was probably trial. like there's probably like eight or nine other conspiracies, right? Five guys, what, three people trying to do an illegal act as a conspiracy. How many people wanted to kill Abraham Lincoln? A ton right? Uh, North and Southerners, right? Yes. People did not like Abraham Lincoln at the time. He made some pretty tough decisions that in retrospect, we think were great for the nation. Um, but at the time he wasn't very popular. So there's thousands of conspiracies out there. And to give you an idea of how roughshod this trial was over civil rights, uh, this was a military trial that was done right after the Civil War. I mean, it, uh, the, I think four members were all hung for their involvement. And the yeah. core group of conspirators should have included John Surratt. By all indications, John Surratt, yeah. who was the son of Mary Surratt, was involved in all of these meetings. Absolutely. That's why they met at Mary Surratt's tavern there in um, or, or boarding house there in D.C., yeah. John Surratt fled. He went off to Canada. Uh, he became the first person to, uh, in recorded history to say, if the uh, so-and-so is elected president, I am moving to Canada and actually honor that, that, that request, that wow. threat. Good, good for him. So he flees. He's actually caught two years later. I kid you not, Chris. This is how amazing the story is. He, was, he, he got hired uh, to be the security detail for the Pope. He was a Pope security. He's like, they probably did not ask during the interview. So what other heads of state have you tried to assassinate or, or well, take out? What, how do you background check that? <laughs> I know. Like, how do you, how do you, yeah. How do you, how do you polygraph that? <laughs> right. So in, in interview, he actually was arrested a few years later. He, he was tried. It was a civilian trial. So John Surratt okay. was one of the key, outside of John Wilkes Booth, probably the most involved person in this conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Not convicted. Hung nope. jury, walked a free man. So the others were hung within a, a month, right? Oh, yeah. Including then, his mom. Including his mother, which is a horrible yeah. story. But right. John Surratt walked out a free man. This just kind of shows mm -hmm. you the difference between the military trial that ha what happened and the civilian trial that maybe was due and owed and the different outcomes from those two trials. Also, Chris, Absolutely. did you know back then in the 1850s, defendants were not even allowed to testify during a trial? Huh. 
I did not realize that until I started digging into these cases. The thought really? was that you, you can't perjure yourself on the stand and a defendant is going to lie. Why wouldn't the defendant lie? He's going to say, you try to save his hide. So defendants that that is so different than today. Today, that right to yeah. testify at your own trial is so fundamental that not even the lawyer can make that decision. Each defendant right. gets to make that call. Back in yeah. the 1850s, you couldn't take the stand at all. So none of these huh. uh, defendants were allowed to testify on their own behalf. That's, I mean, genius. Like, could, 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 could we not? That would have saved me a lot of headaches back in the day. All right. So are, do you think Lincoln's uh, conspiracy trials, could it be a, a, a nominee for one of the trials oh, yeah, in the Century's Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I mean, it shaped so much of – it indirectly shaped a lot of defense attorneys tactics it indirectly shaped a lot of like uh ethical standards for lawyers at this point and how we handle situations um you know the i i yeah i think there's so many things that that trial highlighted about just our legal system in general all right, let me really, throw a couple by you here that then might not uh, be as easy to to agree to the yeah. trial of Socrates. What do you think about that one? I don't think enough people understand it. Socrates right? how many, lived how many, about 400. How many hundred, yeah. How many hundreds of years ago was that? People aren't going to be like, people Four, don't even know how to stay Socrates, okay? <laughs> 400 BC. So yeah. if we are in, what is this, 2024 20, now? So that'd be 2,400 years ago. Yeah. When this trial took place. Now, this trial is interesting because for several different reasons, he was put on trial for um, impiety and also corrupting the minds of the youth. So in today's day and age, it's like, you know, um, being a Kardashian, you're, you're corrupting the minds of the youth, uh, obscenity charges, maybe yeah. uh, that might be a corollary to today. Somehow you're, you're corrupting the we, we tend to protect the youth and he was corrupting the minds of the youth. And then also that he was not respecting the gods uh, of the state. So an impiety charge and also corrupting the minds of the youth charge. Because here's a fascinating thing about that trial. There were 500 jurors. Can you imagine a trial to 500 wow. jurors? No, it's, it's, yeah, I can. It's called an impeachment trial in front of the U.S. House of Representatives. There you go. And, and so when you vote, there's no jury instructions. There's no jury deliberations. No. They each had a stone disc. And there were two baskets uh, as you left the courtroom oh, yeah. area. And when you walked past that courtroom area, you would drop your stone disc in whichever basket you were voting on. And so after this uh, trial of the 500 jurors, 280 found him guilty. All right. And then that meant 220 found that he was not guilty. Okay. So that meant guilty it was a conviction back yep. then it was a simple majority it then went to the sentencing phase which, which should be the appropriate punishment and there were two offers on the table one offer was a death and oh. the other offer was so that's how they did trials back then that there was, <laughs> it was a pendulum arbitration trial one side proposed their punishment and the other side proposed their punishment it wasn't a meet in the middle kind of thing they just voted yeah. one or the other so the incentive there was hey if the prosecution is going to say we want death, then maybe Socrates would come back with a reasonable counter. Right. So, so the prosecution said, we want death. Do you know what Socrates response was? What, what his counter was slap on the wrist. He want, no, not even slap on the wrist. He wanted free meals for life. 
at Ooh. the city center, which is where the Olympic athletes dined. He wanted free meals for the rest of his life and to be able to eat with Simone Biles and Michael Phelps. That was his offer. Smart man. Smart so, man. Remember I said that 440 people said that he wasn't even <laughs> guilty of the charges or 220 yeah. said he wasn't even guilty of the charges of 44%. Yeah. Okay. That never changed quite a bit. And now when it came to what is the appropriate punishment, 380 said death, only right. 120. So 100 people said he's not even guilty, mm-hmm. but fry him. But let's kill him anyways. Let's kill him anyways. Let's do it. So what do you think? The trial of Socrates, it involved big time players. But it didn't have any lasting effect. Like what what did we learn from the trial of Socrates? That enough you get enough people together and they want to burn people at stake. Like I think it, it, it left a huge mark on our, our legal landscape. And so uh you need to come to my cruise next year if you want to get the full details that's of true. it. But here let me just show you. The cruise is this That's year. right, this year in September. And it's going to be an awesome cruise. But let me just throw a couple ideas out there on why this might be a, have last uh, left a lasting mark in the legal landscape. Chris, you used to work for a law school. I did. And were you, are you familiar with a thing called the Socratic Method? Oh, absolutely. What, what, what are your thoughts? If we were to do a, a word association game, I say Socratic Method. What's the first word that comes to your mind? Pain suffering yes embarrassment yes i've been on both the receiving and giving end of the socratic method and it is absolutely heart-wrenching when you're sitting there so it's when you randomly get picked on in a class so it's notorious in law schools i think they do it a lot of other places but it's worse in law schools i think where the professor gets up there and says let's talk about you know let's talk about the fourth amendment uh joel please tell me what the exact wording of the fourth amendment is go Right. And you have to come up with there's no unreasonable searches and seizures without blah, blah 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 blah. Or you know, you know, Joel, tell me about the Scopes Monkey trial. What's the holding in the Scopes Monkey trial? Right. And you and you have to be prepared as a as a law student to answer those questions. And some of this stuff is like high grade stuff. You know, um, one of the ones I remember, I was in property my first year, and the professor comes marching on in there, and he gets to his thing, and he goes, Miss Weilbacher, tell me the rule of capture. It's like day three of law school. We're like the rule of, and we're trying to go through the cases. And the rule of capture is if it's on your land and you capture it, it's your property. There you go. Uh, um, but we didn't know that. We And so you're like sweating and you're like, what the f- is the rule of capture? Like, <laughs> I don't see. And so we're like trying to look in the appendices real quick. We're Googling it real quick, you know, all this stuff. But you, you have to defend a legal position on your feet in front of everyone else and it is is the thing of pain and torture and ptsd in in law school well do you know where the socratic method came from i'm gonna go with socrates there you go socrates so i i think at least that alone gives it first a ballot potential but then i also think at a deeper level the trial of socrates really was about the Peloponnesian War. They wanted to stop the Peloponnesian War, and they were afraid that Socrates and his teaching was one of the reasons that led to the Peloponnesian War. In fact, a lot of his students became generals and leaders of the opposition side here, so they wanted to stop it. What was the Peloponnesian War all that was about? My question. This idea, I... the, the, the conflict between Sparta and Athens was the subject of the Peloponnesian War, and what okay. was the conflict between Sparta and Athens? Athens believed in pure democracy. Sparta believed in, no, we should be ruled by an oligarchy. They also called them philosopher kings. So the idea is that sometimes 
the masses, the people, get it wrong because idiots go out and vote. We've, we've talked about that before. We'll talk about it again. But sometimes Forever. democracy gets it wrong, and people who know better should make the best decisions for the betterment of all. That tension, Chris, I am going to suggest was was became the subject of a war in the Peloponnesian War, it still plagues our legal system today. At the Supreme Court level, you see this thought of, well, the people voted. They, this is the law they voted on. It should be the law because 51% said so as compared to 49% that thought it was the devil's idea. And, and so should pure democracy rule the day? Or should you have philosopher kings? Should you have a buffer there of, of philosopher kings who know better? I think in our law, you see both things play out depending upon oh, the situation. Often. Very much. Well, I mean, harken back to Brown versus Board of Education, right? Yes. The, the, the masses at the time voted and agreed to segregated schools different for, for based on racial ideals. Um, and the Supreme Court under Earl Warren said, no, 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 no. And at a very rough time in the, the country's history, the Supreme Court unanimously decided that school should be integrated. Right. I, I love it when you Without say, when people say, oh, it's one. What, what is the right way? It's like, that's not how it works. It, throughout history, no. it's an ebb and flow. And sometimes you right. see pure democracy went out. And sometimes uh -huh. you see, you know, pure democracy has now gone off, uh, off course here. Right. We need to set this back on course. And that's where you, you like to have a, a small group of people who can make that kind of decision. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying as a, as a historical person with a history degree, which is the most worthless degree a person can get, that you see Fair. both in play. Yeah, absolutely. We see it in play all the time. How It's the first of the year. Go to your go to your state's website. See how many laws were enacted on the first of the year, right? It, it happens. How many were done by ballot initiative? How many are done by your legislative body? It's the same thing. Like right, we see right. pure democracy and we see the philosopher kings play out all the time. So that that might be, but there might be some debate as to whether or not the Scopes trial or the not the uh, the the Socrates trial should be Socrates, one of our trials yeah. of the Century's Hall of Fame members. We we're running out of time here. Let me just throw out some of the other ones that are out there. You got Leopold and Loeb that yeah. would capture the public's attention. A gruesome a murder trial. You have the trial yep. of Jesus, the trial of Galileo, yep. and and religious blasphemy charges. You know, being mm -hmm. leveled against people. You got the the trial of Bruno Richard Hotman who kidnapped and murdered possibly Charles Lindbergh's junior, the, yeah, baby, the Lindbergh baby, which yeah. is a fascinating trial because when I dug into that trial, I realized that, wow, did we ever get that one wrong? And I don't think we Absolutely. saw this one coming as to who nope. probably was behind the kidnapping and murder of Charles Lindbergh junior. Uh, you have people v Sam Shepard. You might not be familiar with that Ooh. trial, but that trial did lead to the fugitive. The movie yep. and the TV series ended up in the U.S. Yep. Supreme Court. Uh, the Nuremberg trial you, you mentioned, talking about yeah. world leaders being yeah. put on trial and given the death sentence. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know, Chris, you've had time now to think about this Trials of the Centuries Hall of Fame. Do you think there's something here? It'd be fun. It could be a fun CLE. It could be a fun series. It could be a fun lot of things. I think, I mean, so, so much of our cultural phenomenon is based in these trials that no one understands. Yes. Right. And I think one of the things nowadays you see um, is what's a right to privacy. Privacy is not explicitly mentioned in the constitution anywhere. So there's been a long debate over what privacy is and what isn't. Right. And we're seeing this play out across our country. I think it would be great to look at what the privacy cases are like the, like this section of the law, what, what governs privacy or what is privacy in, in, in some of those major cases that people don't know about. It's, 
these cases have determined the course of the world in many, many ways. And oftentimes we end up at the destination, but we don't know how we got here. Well, and so how did we get to the 19 civil, the 1964 civil rights act, which to you and me in 2024 seems like, yeah, that's, yeah, of course everybody has, is equal under the law. Why, why, why would there be a poll tax or why would there be a different, different allowance for people who have different ethnic backgrounds or racial backgrounds or sexual orientations or stuff like that? That's asinine. But there was a time in this world where that was totally acceptable. I mean, our founding document said so. So it's fun to see how these trials have really shaped the the future in the of this world. Well, in the other Hall of Fames, I'm thinking of baseball and, and football and basketball, uh -huh. there will be a committee that nominates so yeah. various individuals to be admitted into the, the Hall of Fame. And then there will be a voting process. So do we have to have a similar thing here? Can we, oh, yes. should we take nominations from people Absolutely. and then have some kind of committee that then votes on this? To that would be great for the cruise on one of the C days, right? You can, you can hold the room and you can do the trials of the century nominees and start doing the vetting process. That would be a lot of fun. And you'd be digging into all these trials. So oh, it'd yeah. be, you'd be a CLE worthy event. Absolutely. There you go. That'd all right. Amazing. Hey, that is uh, expected more of that to come in the future classes oh, because sure. everyone loves a good well, let's, let's be frank, murder mystery. A lot of these are going to be murder cases, and everyone loves a good true crime a grisly murder scene. And uh, some of the most famous trials throughout history have involved grisly murders. All right, yes. Chris, it is now time for our courtroom quarterback segment. Beautiful. Let's do it. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to sports. We have been taking taking some time off for the holidays, and there was a lot going on in the realm of sports. I don't even know where we went to begin because we don't have that much time left and so much mm. to talk about. Why don't we start here with the NFL playoffs? It's, it's just on our doorstep here. Oh we have gosh. one week left. I believe Buffalo's playing Miami this week in a great yeah. game. It's going to decide who. Is going to win that division, get the second seed in the playoffs, and then who is Mike going to be the fifth seed um, wild card team? I don't know where they are, how far they're going to drop, but uh, yeah. it, it's going to be a very significant game. Uh, but what do you think as the playoffs are coming? Who do you? What are the best storylines? Who has the most to gain, or conversely, who has the most to lose as we approach this year's playoffs? I love that there is this amazing underdog story in both leagues, right? You've got the Detroit Lions, like, just knocking on the door. Amazing just, story. Just ready to rock and roll. They started the year by beating my Kansas City Chiefs. I thought they Absolutely. were a joke. They have not gone we away all did. yet. We all did. And then you have the Cleveland Browns on the opposite side of that coin, right? The so Lowless Browns. Oh, my gosh. With with Flacco at the helm, right? Like Flacco, he retired, got kicked out of the league a couple of years ago, and now you're telling me he's leading a, a whatever Super happened Bowl. To the, yeah, whatever happened to Mr. Masseuse? Oh, is he at Epstein's list? Their previous Ooh, quarterback. I did not see Deshaun on that list, but I'll have to go back and look for him. Um, not saying nothing, but I think one of the things I think they have the most to gain, and I think they've gained the most ground, are the Browns and the Lions. They have really come out this season, and we did. We were like, it's Detroit, man. Like whatever it's a sleeper game it's a bye week you're playing detroit or you're playing cleveland but now it's like ooh, 
So these, I mean, are they're teams, both eleven and five. These so, are teams that are have been historically very, very bad. Yep. But it's one thing to have a good season. It's another mm -hmm. thing to cement and stamp that season with a Super Bowl run. So you're saying if right. either of those teams can make a Super Bowl run, right. they have a lot to gain. Because now they're going to go from just a, yeah, you had a good season, and next year you're probably going to go back to now you're going to be one of the contenders for the foreseeable future. Right. And looking at the AFC specifically, right? I mean, the only repeat team is the Chiefs when we're coming to the playoffs, right? Like every year, Baltimore, baby. Right. For at least a lot. I mean, in the in the reign of of Andy, you know, he's he has really transformed the Chiefs organization. But Dolphins, like Dolphins have been historically terrible. Um, Ravens haven't. They've been on and off pretty good under Harbaugh. But like Jacksonville coming in, Bengals, Bills, like Cincinnati's now, gone. Yeah, but now, right, like the Bills, if they don't beat the Dolphins, they're out. So you're going to have a Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Browns, and then two wildcard seats that's, that is looking like Indianapolis and Jacksonville. And, I mean, Indy is sitting at right now at 9-7. and seven. We haven't given any time to talk about Indy and Gardner Mishu and no. any of that stuff. Like, we, they've just been hanging out, but they're right there. They're the you, you, Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the AFC. Now you mentioned uh, the Browns as being having the most to gain here, and I, I agree with that. But also, might you say that their masseuse-loving quarterback Deshaun Watson has the most to absolutely. lose? Absolutely, because he's absolutely. not playing. He's on the sidelines. They went out and found Joe DeFlacco, whatever, whatever. Uh, from I mean, he hasn't been he was on the for Jets. many many years. He was on the Jets. The he Jets was Zach Wilson's backup. Wow, he was a backup to Zach Wilson. If he leads the team on a Super Bowl run, what does that mean about the expectations for Deshaun Watson? Insane, insane. The two hundred forty million dollar masseuse. Like, come on, man. It's like, why? Why are we paying you this much money when we could? For like maybe a half a million dollars. I don't know what they're paying Flacco because uh, I assume one million bucks, and he's getting like eight hundred or eight hundred in bonuses because of what he's doing. Wow. So they're getting him for like one point eight. So yeah, really, are you getting what you what you paid for? I mean, is Deshaun yeah. Watson really worth that much money? Look, in in, in Denver, they're cutting their quarterback, their two hundred fifty million dollar quarterback. In right. uh, in Cleveland, they they picked up. Flacco, he's doing a better job than Deshaun right. Watson. Maybe people are going to be re maybe another big loser here is going to be these high, overly priced quarterbacks. That might be yeah. a stretch. I don't think the owners are going to stop paying this much money. But if you see these these no name, lowly paid quarterbacks making Super Bowl runs, Brock well, Purdy. Chris, here is the exactly here is the reason Brock why that eight hundred seventy thousand. Eight hundred and seventy thousand is what the Niners pay Brock Purdy. Yeah, but not, not for long. They're going to have to give him a raise here pretty that soon. That they are. His but here's the reason why what I just said is hogwash. The owners will always pay big time bucks because they want to find the next Patrick Mahomes. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Mark mm -hmm. my words. I've said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. This postseason is probably going to be defined by Patrick Mahomes' greatness because when you get to the playoffs, the great quarterbacks. They just, they rise up, they, they right. rise to the challenge, and they make all the difference. That's why you are not going to see the Ravens play in the Super Bowl. Now, maybe they will because this is a weird year where the Chiefs receivers just seem intent on not catching balls thrown right into their right. hands. So I get that. 
this might not be Mahomes' year year for that reason that receivers keep dropping the ball. But that being said, man, you got to knock off the champ before they are out of the game. That's right. And I think and I think it's been proven, right? Mahomes is Mahomes like Brady are postseason quarterbacks. Right? Exactly. Whereas whereas guys like Aaron Rodgers is not. So let me throw this by you. Who has the most to lose here with this upcoming postseason? Ooh, that's Dak easy... Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys or Jalen Hurd and the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Oh, Dak Prescott. Easily. Easily okay. Dak Prescott. I agree with Why? That. Dak Prescott has more years in the league. He's had more chances to get to this point, and he has fumbled more chances. And Dak Prescott has fumbled many, 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 many playoff runs due to his inability to perform under pressure. Jalen? Jalen's and I mean, what is is this his fourth year, third year? Somewhere yeah, but in there? really his second year as being the main guy. Right. So his first year, his his first year run, he got to the Super Bowl. His second year, I mean, yeah, the Eagles are laying an egg right now because they're they're they've lost their last four games, but they're still at eleven and five. Like right. they still dominated early on. So that doesn't mean much because yeah, they're eleven and five and they're in the number three or the number um five seat. Right, which is weird, because essentially everyone else in the in the NFC running. I mean, Niners are twelve and four, so we'll put that off. But Cowboys, Lions, and Eagles are eleven and five, and that's insane that that they're so close to that effect. But I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to perform in the playoffs like they did last year. But I think Dak. Is, I hate the Cowboys. All right, we all know this. I've bet against the Cowboys on many a times, and I've lost that bet. But I don't think Dak is a postseason quarterback. All right, hey, what we have but time he'll get an for MVP. one time? Exactly. He will win the MVP, and then he will, right. will he be a postseason dud? One yep. last thought here before we leave, because the college we haven't even talked about Ooh, college football CFP, yet. CFP, yeah. You know, we love the the Rose Bowl. It was a great classic game because Alabama lost. It's just a great day for the entire nation. Uh, Alabama yep. shouldn't even been there in the first place, but unfortunately, the CFP was rewarded because that was the most watched college football game. In a long, long, long time. time. I saw the stats. There was like 33 million people tuned into it. It was an amazing yep. show and a great outcome. Who is going to win in the CFP final? You have Michigan and their mm-hmm. soon-to-be-departed head coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> versus the Washington Huskies. Wh- who's going to win? Oh, it's going to be Michigan. I think Michigan's just going to dominate. I want Washington to win, but Shut I think Michigan's going to dominate. We've got to put all nope. our vibes behind Washington. Washington. I, I mean, we'll know Monday night, but I really think it's going to be Michigan. Hey, the Big Ten is the huge winner there because both teams are going to be playing in the Big Ten next That's year. That's right. Uh, and so, it, it's, you know what? I wish we can go back in time and, and mm-hmm. just undo this whole conference realignment. The recent run, what Texas started – is just horrible for college football. The Pac-12 should not be breaking up. This year proved how great the Pac-12 actually was, and the fact that our national champion yep. might will belong to a conference that was just just blew up is just beyond my mind. But I love it. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that there's no SEC teams. Like that's that was the big winner coming out of the CFP. Is was. that there's no SEC teams in the in the championship game. Alabama did not deserve to be there. That should have been Florida State's uh, position. Mm-hmm. Florida State would have given just as good of an effort uh, against mm-hmm. the Michigan that Alabama Absolutely. did. Uh, if you want to say, well, no, you got to pick the four best teams. 
Well, then Georgia should have been there because Georgia was better right. than Alabama. The only reason why they lost was four of their stud players were injured for that game. But they had their nope. four stud players. They would have trounced Alabama. So why don't we just forget all the, for, the formalities and just put the best team, Georgia, in the finals? Your record makes a difference. But I'm not going to go yep. there because this has been a great <laughs> podcast and it's time to <laughs> sign off. Joel, we'll see you next time, bro. All right, Chris, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15 Five Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri- Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.